Merry Flixmas to us. Welcome back to another episode of Christmas and Chill. I'm Algus. And I'm Katrina. Today we are going to dive into the movie of... The Night Before Christmas. But it's not the night before Christmas that you think of. Is the Knight Before Christmas. It is the Knight in Shining Armor Before Christmas. So why did we choose this movie? Oh my goodness. I mean, how could we not? Last year, Netflix delivered Princess Switch with Vanessa Hudgens, which was a Christmas slam. And now, this year, we saw another Vanessa Hudgens feature, and it just had to be had to be chosen. Well, I feel like somebody in the boardroom was like, guys, I have this idea. How about <laughs> Night Before Christmas? And everyone nodded their heads and said yes. That's good. And I wouldn't yeah. want to meet the person who said no. Hopefully they... I hope they don't work for the company anymore. Yeah, they're probably gone, and I never want to meet them. This is an awesome idea, and I'm really happy that they followed through with it. Uh, they pulled off just a cheesy homonym? Is it a homonym? It is a homonym. Homonym. Yeah. It's where it's spelled differently, different meanings. No, homophone. Homophone. Right? Sounds the same spelled differently. Homophone. Anyway. I apologize to every English professor that I had. It's all right. I think one of the big themes of this movie is the English language. Yeah. Yeah? I would say that's true. Before we dive into the discussion, let's uh, get the synopsis. High school teacher Brooke has given up on her knight in shining armor when she suddenly hits a knight in shining armor with her car. Thinking him to be a man in Christmas costume with a brain injury, she plays along with his 1300s nonsense. Turns out, he is from the past. They fall in love, and she finds her happily ever after. The end. Today we have a fresh new segment, Teacher Brooke Schools Us. So, when we found out that this character's name was Brooke and that she was a teacher, well, we have a teacher named Brooke in our lives, and it just had to be. She's friend of the podcast, Brooke. She's going to be... Yeah, and something that we definitely need help with because language barriers are uh, an issue with this movie. So there is definitely a language barrier between us and what are the kiddos up to these days. Right. Uh, We're a little out of touch. We're in our our mid-30s at this point, and we don't know what middle school, high school children are saying. So we're here with Teacher Brooke for the segment. Oh, Teacher hello, Brooke hello. schools us. Welcome to the podcast. You're thank you. You're a very first guest ever. This is pretty remarkable. Long time listener, first time caller. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what a moment! And we're here at our friends' festivus uh, up in the northern parts of Cincinnati, very far north. Very far north. Yes. Very far. Um, so what we need to talk about is in the movie The Night Before Christmas. Teacher Brooke says. He was being a douche, as the kids say. And my question is, it's 2019. Is that what the kids say? That is not what the kids are saying in 2019. I have never heard a kid call someone a douche in my 10 years of teaching. Um, I feel as if they were really trying to insult you, they would call you a, a visco girl. Ooh, okay. I, I had to look up what that was when my kids first said it. I thought they were saying disco girl. That is not good. <laughs> and you were like, cool. Cool. Bell-bottom pants. Some not disco cool. balls. No, not, not so cool. much. It's an insult. Okay. Uh, or their most recent favorite one is to call someone a boo. 
boomer. That's just really, to call them like an old person. Just boomer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because boomer, etc. So. Those are the old people now. They are the old people. Now. Can you tell our listeners, as many may not be familiar, what a Visco girl is? It's just a loose definition. We're not going to hold you to it. We don't fact check on this podcast. <laughs> okay, That's great. one of our notable things. Um, through my research and asking a lot of follow-up questions, I guess Visco is some sort of photo editing app. Okay. Yep. Uh, and so a Visco girl is one who uses that app often to edit photos. Uh, they wear scrunchies and use hydro flasks, water bottles, which is an absurdly overpriced water bottle. Yeah, I know. Well, here's the thing. I've had a hydro flask for like five years now. Oh God, Am I a, a Visco girl? girl? I wear Birkenstocks. Am I a Visco girl? You might be a Visco girl. <laughs> However, I... For my internet research in the past, do their shirts go over their shorts? They often wear those okay. oversized shirts that goes over. Uh, but then they wear, like, those choker, like, hemp necklaces that we, we I totally wore in fourth grade. So, so in fourth grade, we were all Visco we girls. We were all Visco girls. Minus the, the Hydro Flask, because it wasn't invented yet. But yeah, otherwise, we were Visco girls. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. It's so great to have a teacher named Brooke, just like the title (laughs) character of this movie. Title character is not the word, but that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) All right. Back to the podcast. All right, so grateful to have such a special guest on the show. And that was our first uh, other voice on the show. This is a big day. Aside from some of the impressions that we tried to make of different (laughs) songs and father figures. Oh, oh yeah, from Christmas Prince, right? Right, yes. So let's go ahead. Let's let's ride into this discussion. Ooh, off into the sunset. Okay, great. So one thing that I want to kind of clarify before we really talk about anything is that if there are any history buffs or medieval history enthusiasts don't see this movie yeah i wondered how historically accurate that's my first note is that it's 1334 and because christmas trees were not even a thing until like a couple hundred years after the 14th century Uh uh-huh uh and plus so would that then be the 16th century if it was a couple hundred years later plus i don't know if you've ever tried to read beowulf or any other old english novels but that's actually middle english middle let me let me shove up my glasses on that all right so how old is middle english middle english i oh god all my professors are gonna yell at me i want to say it's from like the 1300s to the 1600s and everything before that so that's middle english this is 14th century this guy's from 14th century and he talks with like a modern london accent well, I mean, do we really know what they talked like? Though? Well, when you read some of the writing, it's ir- incomprehensible. Anyway, we don't fact check on this podcast. So no, we I just have move to. Forward. This is, my reputation rides on this. <laughs> All right. Let, enough, enough of that. Let's just dive in. Um, opening scene, not New York City. Uh, we're at Norwich, England in 1334. Yep. In a lot of chainmail. So was chainmail historically accurate for that time? So period? I don't know about historically, but maybe not for that event because there was an annual Christmas inaudible competition. I think it was like a hunting competition. It's a falconry competition. Falconry competition, but they're all in armor. Yes, to so, hunt to hunt a red-tailed hawk. So I didn't think that that was practical attire, but it does set up the movie later where he does time travel and he's in armor, and everyone knows knights as in armor. Right. So it works well for driving the story, but history buffs, medieval buffs, get out of here. <laughs> Toss out all that knowledge. You're just <laughs> pretend like everything's a stereotype and everything's okay. Well, it is. I also wondered do red tailed hawks even live in England? 
Or are they only an American species? I have a lot of questions. I'm Accuracy not... is not important. I need to just let no, it go. Especially in Christmas movies. It's true. They don't even have research departments. We don't have research departments. <laughs> we just have knowledge that we acquired somewhere around the ninth it grade. It just comes from your imagination. Okay, so then there's this setup of all these knights that are going to do this falconry competition. They have to catch the falcon. Oh, they have to catch the falcon? Or are they hunting like a fox with a falcon? No, no. I think they ever had to catch Because I think falconry is where you use the falcon to help hunt <laughs> other things. Nah, I think they're after the falcon. Because why did they all run off in different directions if the hawk went one way? I don't know enough about that. So, Ugh. moving on, then we anyway, then we go to Brace Ridge, Ohio. Is that what it was? Or like Bad Bridge? Brace Ridge. Oh, I don't know. What's it? Well, what do your notes say? Banbridge? Like B-A-I-N-B-R-I-D-G. Some kind of small Ohio town. Small Ohio town starts we, with a B. Doesn't really look like a small Ohio town, uh, because if you've ever been to a small Ohio town, they're Which not have. Uh, they're not in the best of shape. Yeah, all the storefronts were filled. And if you go to, like, maybe it was Troy, Ohio, and, like, Troy's pretty nice. Yeah, I, I, maybe I go to the wrong small towns. Tip we, City. We usually drive through some... Towns that so, are a little run down. I think you're talking about the ones around Hocking Hills. We're actually, just notably, we're in Ohio, so we're semi-experts on this. Small town Ohio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this podcast is in small town. Well, it's in big, big city. city Ohio. Yeah. But we know about the small towns. We do. So then we have teacher Brooke listening to a student crying about a breakup. Which, time out here, we just have to touch on it, because I have written my notes so hot, because Vanessa Hudgens is just really knocking it out of the park. She's got on cool teacher pants. Like, our daughter's preschool teacher wears cool pants, and she had on the cool teacher pants. And I was like, wow. They really did their research on that. I wouldn't know. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I'm the one who drops her off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I've seen our preschool teacher. Okay, yeah. (laughs) It's not my place to look at her pants. Oh, it's very good of you. (laughs) Your pants blind. (laughs) She has cool clothes. They seem to kind of really incorporate, like, princess and prince metaphor into this. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you don't need your knight in shining armor. And it just... How many frogs are you going to have to kiss? It's just really... Heavy on the fairy tales. Yeah, heavy yeah. on the fairy tales. And it's like, this is a teenager. I Who's think. probably above... Yeah, like, you know, a preschooler would be real into princess prince dialogue. Yeah, and then the final lesson is uh, don't let a guy ruin a perfect GPA. Ooh. Uh, so. Maybe but, don't sweat the perfect GPA, girl. Yeah. Although maybe. I'm coming from me. <laughs> that sounds like a sentence you would say, not me. <laughs> In some context, the D feels nice. <laughs> Talking about listen. grades. Because you let yourself go for the guy. Oh, is it? Is yes. that what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, so anyways, like she gets a phone call from uh, a BFF slash sister. We're not really sure yet. He says, like, can you pick up my daughter from school? Yes. And her, her name is Miss Winters? Brooke Winters? Is that her name then? Uh, I just wrote Miss Winters without any notes <laughs> attached to it. Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Winters! <laughs> I just thought it was a cool name. You should and, just, like, shout. Yeah, so um, I, I didn't know where it was going, but I thought that maybe if I wrote Miss Winters, it would jog something. Well, my next note is, which question mark? Magic, magic, magic. Witch magic. in the Woods. And she's kind of a spicy witch. Yeah. She's got a she's firecracker really cool. personality. Yeah. yeah. Like, I wanted to get to know her more. She's got, like, some of those eyebrow movements that make you feel like, yeah. Also, she, for 
the typical witch movie portrayal, she was like kind of clean cut. Yeah. She I mean, she, she had gray hair, which I guess was one thing, but she was very youthful in her face. Yeah. So maybe it was a young actress. Maybe she's had some work done. I mean, witches have magic. so That's true. Magic they can Botox. just keep their faces fresh at all Although times. Although she was so expressive, it couldn't have been Botox. True. Those eyebrows were moving. Yeah. They were popping. Just uh, a really good face cream. I want to talk to her. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the knight finds her and is like, hello. Does she call her old, old crow? That's what I... Th- wrote but but or the old crone what is a crone i i don't know because <laughs> i thought calling her old anything was like she would be like no i'm young forever and then she would be like shed of her scales and become this beautiful woman yeah i don't know what a crone is in the context of this but it might it, not be a thing <laughs> it could be middle english <laughs> we'll just we'll throw it to that well anyway i think old crow is probably the closest we're gonna get. Yeah, we we again we don't fact check, so we don't know. <laughs> we didn't even look on the IMDb entry to see what the character names were. No. So then she gives him like a strange rock that gives uh, this aura. Mm-hmm. He's glowing. Glowing, and then the, the she's like, "You're going to." She's going. He's going on a mission, right? A quest. A quest. Yes. A the knights quest. go on quests. Okay, he's marines go on missions. <sighs> he goes on a quest. But she doesn't say what he's going to find on his quest, so he's not sure what it's going to be. Is it going to be finding that falcon that we're after? Is it going to be... So then uh, the old crow disappears, and then... Voyage uh, to 2019. And then he disappears. But then he shows up. Well, the the horse then runs back to the castle Mm -hmm. uh, without him. Yeah. Drama. And then he sees uh, Mrs. Claus and thinks that's the old crow. Yeah, because I think it was, though, for a second. They keep doing this. They keep doing it to us. Are we just seeing through his eyes or is it really true? Yeah, so he's in a Christmas village in modern times in Ohio, the most modern state in the Union. It is, indeed. With the crummiest Santa, I have to say. Well, actually, this is a refreshing moment. Oh, Santa ditched the Coca-Cola because he knew that sugary drinks just made him plump and ruined his gut and he couldn't focus on making modern toys. Back in the day when he was chugging Coca-Cola, gaining all those pounds, like he could put together like a uh, a horse with four peg legs. Like those toys were easy <laughs> to make. And now that he's got to make electronics, he's got to be on his game. He drinks skinny piggy kombucha. And doesn't have all that sugary stuff coursing through his bloodstream, making him gain weight. So I'd say nice to see Santa losing some weight. Yeah. Um, find his his favorite flavor is the Yuletide Cheer, which you can find limited edition in local retailers. Probably by the time this comes out, it's gone. Well, it's gone from the warehouses of that company, but it's not necessarily gone off the shelves yet. Anyway. Maybe. Go on a quest yourself to find some. Yes. She uh, runs into her ex-boyfriend, James, right? I missed that. But I do know that her niece was uh, talking to Santa. Her niece is like 13, right? Yes, I have how old is she written there. But it's like she's somewhere between 8 and 13 to 14. Anyway, she's asking Santa for an for a non-cheating boyfriend for her aunt. Yes. Seems pretty The niece took care of a lot of exposition because she was like, oh, is that your ex-boyfriend James? Like, oh, this is just for the viewer. Because Mm -hmm. why would you say that in a normal conversation? I don't know. But uh, was it Santa that said, if you believe anything is possible? 
Maybe. I have that quote written down. It feels like something Santa would say. I think he would say something. Okay. And that's something that would happen in a uh, Netflix Christmas movie. Okay, so next I have something really weird written, and I'm not... Maybe you can help me connect these dots. Uh, my next note is about a flying steel dragon. Yeah, I said flying steel dragon arrow to steel-toed hottie. What was that about? I don't know, but the uh, <laughs> steel dragon... Uh, well, the night he looks up in the sky, it says steel dragon. It was an airplane. It was an airplane, but it's like a close-up of a jumbo jet. <laughs> like Maybe they're right by an airport. It was... Pretty in, close in up. In <laughs> If they wanted to get his vantage point, like, that plane was close, but it was also very quiet. <laughs> well, it was making one of those landings where they just float down. <laughs> the engines die. <laughs> yeah, well, they just, they're floating. The, it's a glider the, that's a 747. Although the FAA requires full engines to be on while landing, the mm-hmm. local city ordinance for noise is that you got to shut those engines off. So they, the pilot needs to choose whether to turn the engines on or off when landing. Okay. <laughs> also, it's like a big jet for, a, like, I'm sure a small town in Ohio would not have a big jet like that was. Well, maybe the president was coming to town in Air Force One and he was landing because Ohio is a battleground state. It's true. But this is not a politics podcast. So uh, I don't These know. These are just facts. I don't know who that hottie is. I don't know who the steel-toed hottie is, but I think I must be really clever. Oh, oh, there's the bump in between the knight and uh, and Teacher Brooke. But why would I have called him steel-toed? Because he's in armor. Yeah, but like, steel-toed boots don't have anything to do with whatever. Well, but... I can't look into my logic at that time. But what I found interesting is like, how flirty she was from the bat. It's like, is she in the cosplay? Ooh, maybe... She's like, oh, a man in a costume. Or maybe it was like that episode of The Office where Ben Franklin came in and they were all like flirting with Ben Franklin, but it was just because he was in a costume. But that was a joke. Right. Well, she seemed but pretty she was real. serious. Maybe she's like a furry for cosplay. Maybe. Perhaps. Not a furry, but a shiny. <laughs> totally possible. Then she hits him with her car. That's right, because the there's happens. a big blizzard. She can't see anything on the road. He is un acquainted with modern society doesn't know the that cars come, that cars yeah. come. they're just horses with lights mm-hmm. when he gets hit by the car the police officer comes he kind of plays along a little bit like he's kind of like this guy's a little nuts um and he's like okay get into my car yeah let's not call an ambulance let's just i feel like it was a cover-up i feel like he was trying to cover for brooke because like it's later revealed that the cop knows brooke yeah, like what's a small, small town, town politics, baby. I like, don't know. Uh, or people just watch out for each other. No, I, I obviously it's sinister. <laughs> oh, I thought that there may have been some potential chemistry between them, between the cop point. and the and the girl. Yeah, I thought he like, not, knew not her at this parents. point. I mean, small town. That's like Slim that's pickets. your in. You know their parents. That's their parents like are gone, aren't they? I don't know. Isn't that one of the things? Oh. Probably. Because I feel like there was a sudden sad moment where she like turned her face down and went like, hmm. That would be appropriate for this movie, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the, the knight must. knows how to use the door of the car. He seemed to be very yeah. comfortable with getting in the car. Yeah. And that's just something that I noticed throughout this movie is how comfortable he is in modern society. Very suddenly. But some some things he's not. We'll get there. Th- some things, but for the most part, it's not like he's completely lost. He 
kind of... He can function. He, he functions pretty quickly. He's a fast learner. Uh, I noticed that then he's taken to the hospital where the snow is falling much slower at the hospital. Well, it was windy where they were. Maybe. Mm. Uh, the next note I have is that the cop went into the MRI. He's like, he did pretty good. Does this cop really have absolutely nothing to do that he spent like 45 minutes in an MRI with a random guy who got hit by a car? Again, potential love interest. I don't think it's love interest. I think it. Oh, you mean between the guy and the night? The cop and the night? Uh, or between the cop and Vanessa Hudgens? Cop and Vanessa Hudgens. Oh. Oh, Van- then the cop told Vanessa how he did in there. Which, shouldn't a doctor be giving that advice? Who's the next of kin in this scenario? The doctor was busy. I mean, it's Christmas Eve. Like, HIPAA violations were flying off the walls. Or maybe the cop is also a doctor because it's a small town. Mm, and, doctor cop man. Yeah. <laughs> small town. You got to do everything. <laughs> he pulls out like a little scalpel. Starts operating. Yep. His, his uniform is scrubs. Uh, so anyway, we find out the, the knight's name is Sir Cole Christopher. Circle, like circle. Yes, I kept thinking they were saying circle. The yes, light... dad would be proud. So dad is definitely gone. I don't remember about mom, but hmm. but anyway, circle is taken home, uh, and <laughs> he's pressing buttons all over in the car, and then opens the sunroof. And then the song on the radio. They had the this was the best fake music I've ever heard in a movie, and they had a lot of notable fake music in this movie. And this song was a bop, like would sign up to hear it again yeah the, the, that song was pretty funny uh so then she takes him home mm-hmm. uh, to her house to she brings him home <laughs> yeah she brings him home uh he takes off his shirt he's working out of a tiny refrigerator like when he's standing by the fridge he is a good foot and a half taller than it so either he's huge or it's tiny but it's weird uh then after they get settled there's a big bonfire that gets built Outside her house mm-hmm. by Sir Cole. Yeah. And then he's hunting a skunk with a sword. I don't know much about hunting, but I don't know how people hunt with swords. You just decapitate the animal in question. It was silly. His kappa was detated. Uh, so but she says, no, we can't do bonfires. The HOA doesn't allow it. Uh, before we get to that, this is where we cut in the segment from Brooke. So she says about her ex-boyfriend, he was, as the kids say, a real douche. Right, douche. Which I actually, I haven't heard that word used frequently in a minute. So yeah. I don't know. Do the kids still use it? Vanessa, is is she our age? Yeah. I mean, she would have grown or, up with the same vocabulary. I think I Googled it on Saturday night and she was 30. And she is notably a producer of this movie. So the diner scene, I think, is the next. She yep. takes him to the diner. Yep. and To grab a bite. Yep. Get some burgers. Yep, and he loves hot cocoa and asks, Winch, get me another one. Another mead. Another mead. I don't know why he calls it mead. Because mead is nothing like hot chocolate. It's not served hot. Yeah, It's room temp. Again, it's coming out of creative minds, not historically accurate mm-hmm. minds. Yeah. Not he's really, got his though. sword in the restaurant. Yeah, and here's another thing with the diner scene is it lingers really long on the guy at the counter and you're like, why is this guy significant? And they don't tell you for a very long time why this guy is significant. <laughs> there's a long delay. They're just like, and there's that guy working. There he is <laughs> doing his job. So then they go back home and then there's a Netflix Christmas movie inception. Yes. yes. My favorite thing that Netflix does is self-refer. And this movie is loaded with Netflix self-referrals. So and we see they Rob show- Lowe. Yeah. So they showed Holiday of the Wild. And did they show Christmas Prince too? 
It would have been really funny if they had uh, shown the Princess picture Switch. one. The picture. Oh, um, ooh, holiday calendar. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yep. And there's some Alexa product placement where it, it's kind of funny. He thinks it's called Alexa Play, so he calls her Alexa Play, and it just plays a bunch of Christmas songs. Here's but, the thing. So she thinks that she has given him a, a traumatic brain injury by hitting him with her motor vehicle. Mm-hmm. And she just accepts all of this weird stuff that he does. She doesn't question it. She doesn't. To a point that you're like, man, she's desperate for the dude. And she likes medieval people. Maybe. Yeah. It could she's be a that. shiny. Also, the days are just like flying by here. They keep posting like it's December 18th. It's December 19th. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like. How could it be another day? Do we even need to know what day it is? I don't. I don't know. But he figures out how to use a remote pretty quickly because mm-hmm. uh, he binge watches Netflix yeah. all night. But like he not only learned the concept of a remote, he learned how to use it mm-hmm. uh, and get the entertainment that he wanted all night and then learn about modern culture. And the so, shiny silver box. So he's a quick study. Yeah. I mean, he's a smart guy. Uh, this is where I kind of realized, like, for a teacher who lives by herself, she's got a real nice she's house. She's got quite the crib. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, pretty entertaining. I mean, this, I know this town looks nice, probably raises a lot of tax revenue, mm-hmm. but from my experience, teachers don't get what they deserve. Right. Uh, so I think teachers should live in houses like that. They should. But they don't. This podcast supports that idea. Yes. But commonly, especially for a single teacher, that's a big house. But you know what? It's a small town, though. Sometimes, like, maybe houses are she cheaper. grew up in that house. Ooh, <laughs> no, it looked pretty modern. Yeah. I mean, she could have done some updates with her yeah. measly salary. How is so? A couple days go by. My biggest note is like, how is he still in her house? How has she not turned him out? And how has he not been she like... she wants him. That bad, though? She doesn't really make the moves on him. I don't know. It's like picking up a stray dog with a proper tag on him, being like, I don't know where to take this back, even though this tag tells me where to take it back. I don't know. I, I think she wants him. Also, when her sister meets him, uh-huh. like she's enamored by him, too. Yeah. But I don't think he's that attractive of a human being. I think I wrote in the beginning that he kind of looks like Taylor Hansen. Of Hanson. I just don't think he's that good looking. Like He's not the hunkiest hunk that's ever been in these movies. He's kind of mismatched. Yeah. Speaking of him being mismatched, I was sitting there watching Vanessa Hudgens and admiring her physique and all the things she had. And then I realized that I was sitting there in my Midwestern mediocrity eating cheese and bread and drinking a beer. (laughs) That's probably not how you acquire such a physique. (laughs) But I got a kick out of myself. Yeah, he picked up on some dialect things, binge watching. He's randomly pretty good at driving. Did he drive yet? Well, that's what I have next. <laughs> when did he? No, he drove later. He drived later. The next notes I have are about the Christmas Village again. Because there's a, it's almost like montage in the middle. I oh, I see that he has a dream. Oh. Where he sees a quest. He's okay. trying to figure out like what the quest is, and he doesn't know what it is quite yet. And like the the crow in the dream is like speaking in like code in code, and he cryptic. doesn't get it. It's very cryptic. Uh, then he wakes up and he's like, "Oh man, I need to know what my quest is." Mm. Uh, then 
People are arguing about time travel. Cole, that can't happen. I noticed that Sir Cole is kind of woke for a medieval person. In what sense would you say that? I don't know. I I don't remember specifically, but I feel like the way he approaches like women mm-hmm. is very... Well, he was a gentleman. He's a gentleman, but he's not overly chivalrous, which... Doesn't he do a few miladies and like... He does a couple, but when I think of chivalry, I think of people who are a little chauvinistic and kind of overdo it. But he kind of still respects women's autonomy. Hmm. Maybe he's just lazy. He doesn't seem lazy. He He's a quick study, dies in a society, and is trying to do this quest. Maybe he's just a shapeshifter and he's really good at, you know, making himself mm-hmm. known. Uh, let's see. He's familiar with Christmas trees. Yep. Even though those won't be around for another couple hundred years. Uh, okay. Now I have where she lends her car. So Okay. Um, now we're together. Now he's good at driving. So he drives to the Christmas village. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's kind of silly. He doesn't drive perfectly. He parks on the curb. Then he learns that like the knight's quest is about finding your innermost weakness, and he doesn't know what that is. What is his weakness? I don't know, but uh, Vanessa says that you can achieve anything in life you want, uh, if you want it bad enough. Oh, she said her father said, yeah. you can achieve anything in life if you want it badly enough. That might not be true, but I guess it's the advice that she imparted on him. Mm-hmm. So... Are we ready for the biggest Inception that Netflix does? The acorn? The acorn. As soon as I saw it, I was like, that's from A Christmas Prince! And sure enough, the line is... Well, it's like her sister and daughter are putting up the tree, and they're looking at ornaments, and the acorn comes out and says, this is the acorn that your grandfather brought back from Aldovia. Which makes me think that maybe this family, like, had a coup in Aldovia, Whoa. <laughs> they <laughs> sacked it and took the acorn. Whoa. And that's why they have a nice house in Ohio. Yeah, they were like, that was a too big of an adventure. Let's just go back to Ohio now. <laughs> we got to lay low. Be a teacher, kids. Everybody be cool. Um, Her sister like has a retail shop somewhere, which looked extremely busy again for a small town. Now we get into the damsel from next door shenanigans. Before that... I have a note that we sure could use a whole lot more coals in this world. Uh, I think Is that, that was, what your sister said? It doesn't have quotes around it in my notes. So I don't know if this was a personal opinion. <laughs> that like We sure could use a whole lot more coals in this world. <laughs> He's kind of playing with the kids and teaching them, like, protect your weak side. Uh, he says, here's, here's a quote that I have. Remember, protect your weak side. So I don't know if that was supposed to be some kind of advice beyond sword fighting. What a guy. Yeah. We could use a whole lot more cows in this <laughs> world. Then the neighbor shows up and she has the hots for Cole. Yep. I noticed they... It's funny in movies like this when they play up like, this woman has a different hair color, therefore she's edgy or like saucy or, you know. I mean, she's a redhead. She is redhead. Shows up from next door, and he calls her the damsel from next door. And she had shown up before, hadn't she? No, I think this is the first that I get something from her. But he basically declines to go out with her because he can feel the jealousy from from damsel Brooke. Brooke. Yeah, and then they start talking about the Christmas Eve feast, which 
they talk about over and over saying, when we have the Christmas Eve feast, we'll get food for the Christmas Eve feast. But see, they're in the in the sh- in the store, right? Uh, coming up here shortly. Yeah. So basically, he's Buddy the Elf, just like running around experiencing this world, and he's like, "Oh, hot chocolate again! Oh, I'm gonna eat bread off the shelf and just bags and bags of Hawaiian rolls." Well, yeah. So he opens up bags of rolls. He say he says that it tastes like cotton. Uh, How does he know what cotton is from medieval times? There ain't no cotton. Yeah, did they have linens? Is that where cotton comes? No. No. Different plants. Oh, yeah. Flaxseed makes linen, right? Help. I'm drunk. I'm actually not. I've had only water cotton today. Cotton is a different plant. Yes. And it would have been in America. Did cotton start in America? <laughs> oh, my God. No answer. Do you I, know? I don't know. Okay. You're <laughs> talking down to me like, God, Drew is so dumb. She doesn't know this. You don't know. Hey, wait. Claire is missing all of a sudden? Oh, I'm not there yet. Oh, so man. My next note, I was such a fan of how they pulled this off. You know when they do CGI snow? This time I'm pretty sure they just took a bag of packing peanuts, put it in front of a giant fan, and turned it on. And they were like, man, it's snowing really hard. And it was pretty nuts. Is this before? No, I think the Claire goes missing during the packing peanuts scenario, right? Uh, Yes. Okay. Yeah, because uh, the kids go out and play, and then he uses his tracking skills. Yes, to he, find her. He finds her, basically following footprints in the snow, which only a knight would know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he brings a sword to find the kids. Yeah, and then, so he finally finds her, and she's out on some thin ice, and he, to make the ice heavier, walks out on it. <laughs> Like, that's making everyone more likely to fall in instead of just coaxing the little girl back to shore. Regardless, he saves her. He, quote, saves her. Oh, and the part that happened in between, I think before the sister called her for the rescue, Mm -hmm. they were doing this whole Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore ghost scene where they were making loaves of bread and he was, like, reaching behind her and it was, like, the pottery scene in Ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, very famous scene in film. If you're not acquainted, you can Google Ghost Patrick Swayze and you'll probably find it. It's, you know, very saucy, very sexy. And then they find Claire. Saves her. Okay, so. The uh, thief? Are we up to the thief? The thief, yes. Yeah. So there's a kiss. They're at the Christmas market. Which, again, every Christmas movie has a Christmas market somewhere in it or Christmas village. I mean, this is, the Christmas market is a common. Common trope? Common character in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is like the third time we're at the Christmas market. Mm-hmm. They're walking around and they're about to kiss. And then a pickpocket comes up and Cole finds a rubber sword and then <laughs> tackles the guy. And then the cop asks him to join the force. Really, he should have been like a volunteer sheriff's deputy. But instead he was like, we need cops in this town. I mean, probably. If the cop is also the doctor. like He's got his hands full. <laughs> what if he's doing surgery? Like... Who's watching the town? <laughs> Who's keeping this place running? Let's see. So I... then they buy like two bags of flour and create 50 loaves of bread. And it looks like somebody brought over a smoothie and a liquor jar. They're like, hey, brought the big contribution. And it looks like a strawberry smoothie in a tequila bottle. Yeah, the props department <laughs> played a joke on everyone. Everyone involved. Uh, he tries to tie a tie. And he can't do it, right? And she doesn't know how either, right? Uh, no. Did they use YouTube? That was you who 
No, she doesn't know how to do it either. Yeah, I don't know. Because before she gave up, I asked you, do you know how to tie someone else's tie? You said no. I don't even know how to tie my own. Yeah, yeah. and then, I then, just make then, a then the in. movie also, she gave up on tying the tie. They're like, we're doing no ties. Yeah. Um, and then she gives him an orange and half dollar. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Why does she give him a half dollar? I know the orange is because that's like what he would have gotten for Christmas in medieval times. Yeah. Um, also, I had to note that her Chinese-inspired dress I have seen on Rent the Runway, so they really spent a lot of money on this movie. <laughs> Although, they could have actually purchased the runway for the movie. I like to think they rented it. I have crazy husband ointment worked. What I don't the know deal what with that. the husband? The sister's husband? He has a very bizarre accent, because I know I wrote, where is the husband from? Like, you cannot figure out what sort of English accent it is and as we covered before i apparently think all english accents outside of america are the same i don't even know what my note means okay well we'll just move on uh so they're at the christmas eve feast finally with these 50 loaves of bread they made out of two bags of flour yep and they're like hey guys this guy in the diner who's a struggling dad this is the same dad early in the movie or the guy early in the movie they lingered on too long lingered on too long now we find out he's he's a struggling father. Who he's, looks very upper middle class, though. He's dressed real nice. Maybe just living beyond his means. Maybe. And then uh, he gets this donation very publicly. Yeah, it's like... We, it's embarrassing. We know that your life sucks, so we're going to go overkill for your kids. And, like, if I'd be the dad, I'd, I would be angry at receiving all these things. Like, I understand maybe... Something small to help, but such overkill. Well, here's the thing. So, you know, I've attended charity things where they give stuff out to multiple families, but it never singled out one family and was like, you guys need help, don't you? Mm, You do. I hear it in your voice. Here's what we're going to do for you. Yeah. It's just so over the top and so mean, almost. I... Or like right. Sometimes charity isn't for the receiver mm. it, or for mm. the recipient. It's for it's for the giver to make them feel better Ooh, about themselves. That's a tweetable right there. You need to just throw that out on the Twitter account we don't have. Anyway, the kids get all the gifts, uh, and everyone feels good about themselves. Like, yay, we did it. We helped make a dad feel bad about himself. Then Everyone continues to yes and this weirdo Cole and be like, oh yeah, medieval stuff, ha <laughs> ha, yep. Well, I mean, the redhead shows up with an Ikea plant and says, this is mistletoe. Do you know it looked like celery to me. I think it was just an Ikea plant. <laughs> and she explains like, hey, with mistletoe. This is how mistletoe works. Yeah, we got a kiss. And he's like, cool, give me that mistletoe. So then he takes it to Brooke. Here's the thing about them. They have been under the same roof, unsupervised for days, and they haven't made the moves on each other. So finally they get out in public and like, now's the time. I can relate. (laughs) (laughs) What, you need to have people around to be able to perform? Just like, you're with somebody and you're just like, I'm not going to make a move. Wow. Lucky this marriage came together. Let's see, his medallion shines after they kiss. Oh, yeah, they kiss. We never make a big deal. We're like, so they kiss, blah, blah, blah. Well, they kiss, and then the smoke machine turns on, and he disappears. No. Oh, okay. We've missed some stuff. Oh, did I just fast forward through a bunch of things? I think so. Hang on. I have one note I can't read. (laughs) And then there's one that says, 
I'd love to help. I'm going to put my kid to bed. I don't know. But I have that he disappears with a smoke machine. And so Brooke is super distressed. I was thinking at this point, what a terrible quest to kiss somebody and then get them attached to and then disappear. Right. Oh, I remember what the thing was. So the note, the mistletoe, she was like, they say you're supposed to do this. It's good luck. And she was like, it's an old wives tale. He says it's good luck. And she's like, oh, that's an old wives tale. And then she's like, but why risk it? Then the kiss, then the smoke machine, then the disappearance. Where does he go? Who knows? She is sad. But she's upset that somebody loves her for who she is. You think? That's what I wrote down, so I thought it. Why would she be upset that somebody loves her for who she is? Because her ex-husband didn't love her for who she was. Boyfriend? Yeah, ex-boyfriend. Whatever. Let's see, then there's another original movie song that's really good and really bad at the same time. Those are my favorite kinds. It's like one of those like sad, it's a sad montage of her thinking about missing the night. Uh, I have written down GBBO failed challenge, like crying over an ugly bread ornament. What was that? I don't know. She then gets the bean while binging on bread. She like. Yeah. Oh, that's right. She goes to like dive into ice cream, except here it's bread. Bread. And then she finds a bean, which supposed to be good luck. we forgot to mention how it's good luck, but it's good luck. <laughs> there was, Okay. Let's be fair to ourselves here. There was too many like little weird details that you were supposed to follow throughout. There's just so many subplots and like, oh, we're going to weave all this and it's all going to go together. It's all going to be great. But like the connections weren't that strong. I've, I thought it was delightful. Oh, well, it was still delightful. Don't get me wrong. But as far as making sense of it all, you're not going to find that. So <sighs> he goes back to the 1300s. He talks to his brother. His brother's like, you're in love, boy. You better go back. So he goes back, finds her. Mm-hmm. And then the movie ends with the Italian clap. <laughs> yeah, there's. well, he comes back to the Christmas village, right? Yeah. And then there's Italian clap, like the plane landing. Yeah. and From everybody around, even though no one knows what just happened. Yeah. Everyone's just like, yeah, sure, he went back in time and then he came back forward. Uh, and then Bare Naked Ladies for the ending credits. Yes, and set up for a sequel because the brother then seems to be going on a quest. Finds the... Witch. Yeah. Or the crow. Old crow. And then he gets the aura from a medallion. Yeah. Where is he going to go? But I love that they set up for a sequel and it was like, producer Vanessa Hudgens. You think he's going to hook up with a redhead neighbor? I would love that. I want her to have a happy ending. I feel like she really got a rough deal here. Yeah. Like, she's really an antagonist in this movie. She doesn't need to be. She just knows what she wants. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her going after what she wants. Vanessa. That's a great lesson. All right. Let's rate this movie. Yo, what do you think? So despite the details being fuzzy, I had a great time. Mm-hmm. And there was love. There was intrigue. There were witches. There was a bad Santa. I mean, I think all in all, I'm going to give it four Christmas trees. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give this 4.5 Santa emojis. I just really love the movie. Uh Bonus points for just really going with The Night Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that they made it. Yeah. Like... This has been the most whimsical in concept, I think. Yeah. Maybe Holiday Calendar, but I would say this one's... Ugh, Princess Switch was pretty whimsical, too. Yeah. I don't uh, know. They've done it a lot. All right. So uh, what does this teach us about Christmas? Sometimes Christmas past becomes your Christmas future. Mm. Because he comes from the past, and then they're going to make a future together, we think. Mm, nice. Okay, what's yours? Uh, tonight, 
is the night for finding your true love. When to become one. So, yeah. I, only have two more movies left. I know, and actually there's quite... I just got another email about another one that dropped, or is dropping this week. Oh no, we gotta choose. I know. And there's a TV series. I don't think we have time for a TV series. I can't no, dive into that. No, we can't do it. We got kids. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> we got a lot going on. I haven't edited any of the other podcasts. No. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs>